Welcome. We hope you enjoy this recording from Christ City Church, based in Dublin, Ireland. For more podcasts and information on the church, please visit ChristCityChurch.ie. Thank you for listening. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 6 to 16. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God has destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches for these, for all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit explaining spiritual realities with spirit-taught words. The person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. The person with the spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments, for who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? but we have the mind of Christ. Thanks, Laura. Good morning, all. Let me pray a prayer. Uh, That's one of my heroes, John Stott, used to pray before preaching. Heavenly Father, we bow in your presence. May your word be our rule. May your spirit be our teacher and your greater glory our supreme concern through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Every one of us uh, needs wisdom. Wisdom to make decisions, wisdom in relationships, wisdom to navigate tough times, wisdom at school or in university or at work or in parenting or finding a place to live, wisdom in your career or finding a job. Let's call this everyday wisdom, wisdom on the micro level. We all need wisdom. But we also need wisdom on a macro level, wisdom to understand the universe and who we are and how we are wired and what is the meaning of life and what is the purpose of our existence. And it's this macro wisdom that dominates the opening chapters of 1 Corinthians. The Apostle Paul is writing to people living in the city of Corinth. Corinth is a city in ancient Greece. The ancient Greeks were famous for their wisdom and their philosophy. Figures like Plato, Socrates, and Aristotle are still studied in universities in Dublin today. The Greeks prized intellect and thought salvation, enlightenment, perfection would come through knowledge. They wanted wisdom. Now, when Paul was writing, the golden age of Greece had passed, and it was the height of the Roman Empire. And the Romans had their wisdom. For the Romans, wisdom and power, and glory, military victory, expansion, dominance, strength, greatness. Just walk around even Rome today, and you see the wisdom, the glory, the power that they prized. And the congregation 
that Paul is writing to not only contains Greeks and Romans, but it also contains Jewish converts to Jesus. And the Jews had their wisdom. They called them signs and wonders. God working in miraculous ways in history, passing of the Red Sea, manna from heaven. Wisdom. Knowledge and intellect, the Greeks. Power and glory, the Romans. Signs and wonders, the Jews. Well, who was right? Where is wisdom to be found? If I think about our modern-day equivalents, let me use four categories. Where, where is wisdom to be found in the modern world? Well, you have the idea that wisdom is science and reason only, that science and reason alone give us all the wisdom we need. And no one is doubting we can learn wonderful things and, and discover things through reason, but the nub of the issue is, are science and, wisdom, uh, and reason enough, sufficient for all the wisdom we need in life? And then there's the wisdom of self-help and self-optimization. There's no end to books about how to improve your life, take control of your emotions, get physically and mentally fit. Uh, the business world has its version, self-optimization. I went to many conferences and there was lots of wisdom about mindsets and habits and practices to ensure your success. And again, there's things to learn here. But is that where all the wisdom in life is to be found? And then there's the wisdom of the New Age and the Eastern spirituality, and this is on the rise in the West. People connecting to the universe or ancient spirits or nature or practicing meditation or yoga or mindfulness, and again, things that are helpful here. But have we discovered wisdom in all its forms? And then the final one is the wisdom of the inner self. Wisdom is found within. Look within and your desires and your feelings. There you'll find the light in the darkness. But is wisdom really to be found within? So the ancient world had their view of wisdom. Us modern people have our view of wisdom. Very often, I think if we're honest, we have a pick and mix view. We just take a bit from science, a bit from reason, a bit from self-help, a, a bit from new age spirituality, and you know, we'll find the wisdom that we need to get us through life. Wisdom. We all want it. But where is it to be found? One of the most Ancient books in all the world exploring the topic of wisdom is the book of Job, a man struggling to come to terms with unjust and agonizing suffering. In Job chapter 28, he asks the question twice, where is wisdom to be found? For Job, wisdom was so elusive and mysterious and, and hidden, he couldn't find it no matter how hard he tried. He likened searching for wisdom as mining for gold. Yet no matter how far the mine, he, down the mine he goes, he couldn't get it. So Job concludes, well, wisdom must be hidden in God. And that to fear the Lord and to shun evil, that is wisdom. Well, is Job right? Is wisdom hidden in God? Something that we cannot discover ourselves, but must be revealed by that God to us. Look what Paul says. In verse 8 and 9, what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no human mind has conceived, the things that God has prepared for those who love him, these things are God has revealed by his spirit. So no eye has seen it, it's invisible. No ear has heard it, it's inaudible. No mind has conceived it, no human mind could get this wisdom, it's inconceivable. We cannot find wisdom by ourselves, because wisdom is not found with us. Wisdom is hidden in God. And we need him to reveal that wisdom to us. And how does he do that? 
1 Corinthians 2 says, by the Holy Spirit. In verses 6 to 9, Paul contrasts the wisdom of this age with the wisdom of God. So in verse 6, he says, We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. So Paul is contrasting the wisdom of the mature, which is in God, and the wisdom of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. And in verse 7, he says this, No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. So God's wisdom is eternal and is destined for our glory, whereas human wisdom is passing away. The God who made the universe, the God that was there in the beginning, who made the world by wisdom, it is timeless. In other words, human views of wisdom are very time-bound. What, what the popular view of a good life or fashion or what is morally correct will change in a decade. Ten years' time, it will be different. Every generation overturns some of the consensus of the previous generation. Things that we thought, the things that our great-grandparents thought and did, we might think are stupid and abhorrent today. But things that our great-grandchildren and their great-grandchildren, they'll look at us and go, why did they think that and believe that? They'll think it's stupid and abhorrent because our wisdom is always time-bound. We need an eternal wisdom. God is not impressed by the latest fat. And it is our fascination with the latest wisdom that means we miss God's wisdom. Verse 8. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Unlike the rulers of this age, we have the Lord of glory. The rulers of this age, when Paul writes, are Caesar, a Pilate, are the Jewish high priests, and they were caught up with the wisdom of their age. And how did that wisdom work out for them? Well, the Romans, true to form, with their commitment to military power, pride, and worldly glory, brutally oppressed anyone that got in their way. To their, in their wisdom, therefore, they crucified Jesus because he was a troublemaker and a disruptor to their peace. The Jews, true to their wisdom and their desire for religiosity and their view of the kingdom of God, well, they crucified this wannabe Messiah to protect the status quo. The rulers of this age did not understand God's wisdom when he came in the person of Jesus and he died on a cross. At the cross, two rulers and two wisdoms collide. Caesar's wisdom of power and Jesus' wisdom of humility. Caesar's wisdom of pride and Jesus' wisdom of humility. What had Paul said in chapter 1? Do you remember? Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believed. You see, the Corinthians had become wise according to God's wisdom through this foolish preaching of the apostle and the other, the apostle Paul and others. They discovered the wisdom in the cross, and being converted. The problem was the Corinthians were now slipping back into worldly ways of wisdom. 
That's been Paul's argument up till now, that the, the Corinthians are too influenced by the world standard of wisdom. They, they too prized Roman power and glory and, and Greek rhetoric. Greek rhetoric was all about winning over the crowd, not about the truth. Greek rhetoric was about being clever and performing, not informing and being truthful. You see, the Corinthians and my heart, and I'm assuming your heart, we want to seem clever and wise in the eyes of the world. We want to appear rational and as if we've fully got it all together to impress. The Corinthian church were about as proud and wise as the city they lived in. As we've said each week, too much of Corinth was in the Corinthians and not enough of Christ. And as we read the book of Corinthians, we see that their pride and their worldly wisdom that had seeped in meant there were many divisions and they started to follow different leaders. And that's what worldly wisdom does. It leads to pride and division. But God's wisdom in the cross leads to humility and unity. So let's come back to the question. Well, Steve, where then is wisdom? to be found. Paul gives us two answers. In verses 10 to 13, he says the Holy Scriptures. These things, uh, these are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. Who has God's wisdom most clearly shown on the cross been revealed to? Who is the us in verse 10 talking about? Well, on first reading, we do what we always do when we read the Bible. We assume it's talking to us directly. You and I, but the letter of 1 Corinthians wasn't written to you and I. It was written to the Corinthian church. We can't be talking about us. Well, maybe Paul is saying that the, the wisdom of the cross and the wisdom of God was revealed to the, Christ, the Corinthians, but that can't be true because that's kind of the whole point, is that the Corinthians are now lacking godly wisdom. And as we go on, we'll see how very unwise they are as Paul addresses all their unwiseness or their folly in how they view leadership, sexual ethics, lawsuits, marriage, divorce, engaging with culture, their church meetings would cause such harm and their use of spiritual gifts. The Corinthians may have been worldly wise, but that's kind of the problem. They're not wise according to God's timeless wisdom. No, the words we and us in these verses is not talking about the us, it's not talking about the Corinthians. Paul is talking about himself and the other apostles who God gave specific wisdom to understand the message of the cross and the will of God. How did Paul start his, his letter? Paul called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. Paul has a unique role. John Stott writes, the word us is emphatic in the Greek sentence. It cannot refer to all Christian people, for we are not all recipients of divine, direct divine revelation. It must rather refer to the apostles to whom Paul himself and by extension to his other fellow apostles. So he says something similar later in the letter. Whether it was I, Paul, or they, the other apostles, this is what we, all apostles, preached. And this is what you believed. Do you remember what Jesus said to his apostles at the Last Supper about the role of the Holy Spirit in their life? John 14. All this I have spoken while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you, the twelve, all things. And I remind you of everything I've said to you. The Holy Spirit was to work in the lives of those apostles, to be their teacher. Chapter 16 of John, I have much more to say to you, says Jesus, more than you can now bear. They were so confused, weren't they? But when he, 
the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you, the, the apostles, into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. So the Holy Spirit was to guide the apostles into all truth as Jesus left. And their teaching and their words and their preaching were a once for all way in which God deposited his wisdom in the scriptures. So verse 10 says, the spirit searches all things even the deep things of God. You see, eternal wisdom is found in God alone and the Spirit of God goes and searches the mind of God for that wisdom. Verse 11, for who knows a person's thought except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. You see, I can't discern your thoughts fully and you can't discern my thoughts fully. It's only our spirit within us that can do that and so it's only the Spirit of God that knows the mind of God. So verse 12, What we, apostles, have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. Paul and the apostles received not the spirit of the world, but they received the spirit of God, so God would inspire them to communicate what his will was, primarily revealed in the cross. Verse 13, this is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in the words taught by the spirit, Explaining spiritual realities uh, with spirit-taught words. Paul and the other apostles did not teach human wisdom, but God's wisdom by the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit searched the deep things of God's mind, eternal wisdom, revealed that wisdom to the apostles and inspired them. And the apostles then communicated that with preaching and writing, which has come to be our scriptures. How did God's wisdom come to us? By the Spirit through the apostles. Where is wisdom to be found then? In Holy Scripture. The Spirit-inspired Scriptures of the apostles. Before I move on, two bits of application. You will hear it said, I like Jesus, but I don't like Paul. Paul said things I don't like, or I want to cut out of the Bible. Or Paul may have been right back there, but he was a a time-bound, culturally-bound human. And he needs to be updated. Can you see that can't be the case? You cannot say Paul was time-bound and culturally-bound and therefore we update him. Of course he was speaking in his time and in his culture and and we have to understand the words and the context and we have to work hard at that. I'm not not despising that. But Paul had given, God had given Paul eternal wisdom. Paul was an apostle called by Jesus. And Jesus and Paul and him uh, and Paul are not opposed. Paul is Jesus' messenger, inspired by the Spirit, with the eternal wisdom of God the Father. Secondly, for any of you who are now a bit nervous and unsure at this point, let me ask you, which wisdom has become the foundation of our Western society? Who was the first person in history to speak about the equality and dignity of all people by saying there's never not male nor female, slave nor free, Jew nor Gentile, all are one in Christ Jesus? That wasn't Roman wisdom, that was Paul. Who was it that gave women equal sexual rights with men and said that sex should not be offered by consent and that men should restrain themselves? That was not Roman, that was Paul. Who was it that said love is patient? In this very letter, love is kind, it is not proud, it does not boast. And where there are gifts and success, well, that fades away, but love remains. That wasn't a Roman idea. That was the Apostle Paul in the letter of 1 Corinthians. Who was it that said, my body is a temple, and I need to steward it for the glory of God? As the classicist 
R.T. Glover once mischievously put it, we now call our dogs Nero and our sons Paul. <laughs> the wisdom passed away, your dog is Nero, but your son is Paul. The world's wisdom is time-bound. God's wisdom is timeless and enduring. So please don't make the mistake in your time and culturally bound wisdom to say, Jesus, I like, but Paul, I'm not sure. Paul is Jesus' messenger inspired by their spirit with the eternal wisdom of God the Father. And in the Holy Scriptures and what the apostles wrote and said, we have the wisdom of God. Where is wisdom to be found in the Scriptures? Secondly, the wisdom is to be found through the Holy Spirit. The Bible is not enough. The Bible is not enough. Many people have read the Bible and have not come to become wise to salvation and not learnt to fear the Lord and shun evil. The Bible alone is not enough to find wisdom. We too need the Holy Spirit. So Paul's argument continues in verse 14. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they're discerned only through the Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, the Bible and preaching and a conversation with a friend about the cross will seem like foolishness. We cannot understand the wisdom of God in the Scriptures. We cannot understand the wisdom of God at the cross unless we have the Holy Spirit. And so in verse 15, Paul goes on to talk about that those who have received the Spirit, all believers, can make right judgments, can make good decisions. We've been born again through repentance and faith. Everyone who has put their trust in Jesus has been filled with the Spirit. And so when you read the Bible or when your friend uh, talks to you about Christ or, or when someone preaches, you think, light bulbs go off. It's the Spirit at work. Taking the Holy Scriptures and making them come alive in our minds and our lives today. Once you have the Spirit, the Spirit can help you make sound judgments. So Paul concludes again, quoting Isaiah, verse 16. For who has known the mind of the Lord? so as to instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. No one has known the mind of the eternal creator of heaven and earth. God alone has wisdom within him, and no human wisdom will find that by themselves. We're fools, we're ignorant, we're culturally conditioned and time-bound, we cannot escape that. But Paul and the apostles and all Christians can now have the mind of Christ and that wisdom for the micro and the macro. How? Through the Spirit, the re he reveals it to the, through, the script, through the apostles in the Scriptures to us. Can you see the fourfold role of the Holy Spirit in all this? Verse 10, searching the mind of God. Revealing that mind to the apostles, verse 12. Inspiring them to write the Scriptures and preach the, about the cross. And enlightening us to the wisdom of God today as we read the Scriptures and we understand the cross. It, it's an amazing thought. The same spirit that hovered over the waters at the beginning of creation. The same spirit that was in God and knew the eternal mind of God and God's eternal wisdom. The same spirit that then revealed that to the apostles so they could preach the message of the cross and we could receive the deposit of the Holy Scriptures. That same spirit is now at work as you listen to me preach. The same spirit. And as you read your Bible tomorrow... We have access to the eternal and changeless wisdom of God. So we can live our lives day by day with the mind of Christ. Not from wisdom within ourselves, but from wisdom outside that comes to us by the Spirit.
So two applications as I finish. Do you rely on the Holy Spirit when you read your Bible? Do you pray to him to enlighten you to understand it and apply it to your life? God tells us in the book of James that if we lack wisdom, we should ask for it. And God will give it generously. Jesus says we should ask and we should seek and we should knock and our Father will answer us and the door will be opened. And what does Jesus say he's going to give us? The Holy Spirit. He wants to give us the Holy Spirit. He wants to give those that ask. So ask. Ask the Father to give you more of the Holy Spirit to understand the eternal wisdom of God found in the Scriptures. For all the things that occur in your life, the Holy Spirit is to be your counsellor and friend. Get to know him. That's why I read John Stott's prayer, may your spirit be our teacher. Secondly and finally, where are you tempted to look for wisdom outside the Holy Scriptures and the Holy Spirit? Where have you moved beyond those two sources of wisdom that God has given us and we've gone looking for wisdom in this world? And where is that wisdom based on your pride to be someone, to fit in, to impress, to climb the ladder, to get more glory? This wisdom will not only pass away and prove to be futile, it will also create friction, relational tension and divisions in your life and in this church. That is the context into which Paul speaks. If there is pride lurking in your heart as you search for wisdom and power, Repent. Too much, too much of Corinth has got into you and not enough of Christ. Humble yourself. Seek, ask, knock, and allow our Heavenly Father to take us down another path. Not the path of worldly wisdom and power, but the path of the cross. Sacrifice, service, humility. Take this morning to recalibrate yourself by the Holy Spirit through the Holy Scriptures to the mind of Christ. So let me finish with these words from James. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good deeds, life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure and peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and, in and sincere. Peacemakers you sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Let's find the wisdom of heaven that looks like the wisdom of the cross for all aspects of our daily lives, through the scriptures and by the Spirit. Amen. Let me pray and we'll sing to finish. Take a moment just to have your heart recalibrated to the wisdom of God, where you've been dragged into the wisdom of the world. Father, we thank you for this moment to look again at your inspired word given to us by your Holy Spirit through your called apostles. We thank you that there's wisdom in your scriptures and we thank you that your Holy Spirit is working in our lives to help us to understand them and then to apply them. Forgive us, Lord, where we get pulled into the world's ways of thinking and pride and glory and selfish ambition which create bitter envy and division. 
And we pray today for that humble wisdom that is revealed in the cross. We thank you that you are the God of all wisdom and any wisdom we need for our lives is not found anywhere else but in you. So I pray for my brothers and sisters here who need wisdom for day to day and for their own lives that you would help them to discover that as they read the scriptures and as your spirit inspires them. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.